This episode is brought to you by Catalyst. Catalyst combines beautiful design with modern technology to provide the most powerful customer success platform, helping companies reduce churn and improve customer experience at scale. They also create and post relevant and hilarious startup memes every day. So check them out on LinkedIn or at catalyst.io. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season two of Unapologetic, a podcast dedicated to giving women of color a voice and an opportunity to share their journey with the world. My name is Kalina Bryant, and I'm the founder of Unapologetic, and I'll be your host for today. I'm really, really excited to introduce our next guest speaker, Ms. Kimberly B. Cummings, the founder of Manifest Yourself and author of Next Move, Best Move, right here, transitioning into a career you'll love. I am so delighted to have you here, Kimberly. I mean, I could just, your background, right? You got career and leadership expert whose mission is to help women and people of color navigate the workplace, make more money and become industry leaders. You're doing this all with a team. You're, you know, betting on yourself and really leading the charge. I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate that. So appreciate that. It's been a journey. Definitely. Well, that's what we want. That's why we have you here. We want to know all about the journey. As you as you know, this season is all about awareness to empowerment. I really want to showcase wonderful Black women that have been aware of their skill sets and how they actually tapped into that skill and really elevated and empowered themselves. And I believe you are a prime example. You are now a fabulous author. You have your own business and you've walked away from corporate America. I think that's just amazing. Oh my gosh. It was scary. It was scary. And I, I always like to give the preface. I think that I saw it today on Instagram for one of my mentees, they actually said something along the lines of people demonize having a nine to five job. Like, and she's like, I really like my job, et cetera, et cetera. And I really loved my corporate job. I mm-hmm. loved my team. I loved the work that I was doing. So I didn't leave because I was like, I'm over this. I got to do my own thing. I left because it was time. Um, I launched my business, let's say probably 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing on the internet, like I like to call it. And then 2013, Manifest Yourself was born. 2017, I had an LLC finally done. I um, mean, it slowly but surely built. And I told myself I would never leave my full-time job unless I had no choice. Like I had to be at the point where I could no longer do both things. And that's what happened in May of 2021. Yeah, 2021. I think it probably started happening in late 2020, but I was ignoring it. Um, <laughs> but I pushed through to try and get uh, to mid-2021. Okay. Well, I love that. And I just want to understand what gave you the courage to actually do all of those things? Like, what, what, what was the moment where you were like, okay, I'm Kimberly and I'm going to do this. And how did you start putting things into place? Like, what was the skill sets that sort of hit you and said, well, you know what? I I need to give more to this world. I I owe it to the world to do this. And you're talking about in context of leaving corporate to run my business? Yes. So fun fact is that I am someone who is actively working on cultivating more confidence, actively working on it. It's not something that I... Um, would say that I naturally have a lot of, it is something that I have to work on and cultivate. If I walked you through journals I've had, I probably said I was leaving my job as early as 2018, 2019. I was like, oh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. The first thing for me was finances. I wanted to make sure that I had money in the bank. 
Mm-hmm. That was number one. Um, and I had I had money in the bank by the time I left. Um, the second thing was having like a viable product and services, like things were moving and grooving. And the third thing was really leaning into a lot of the coaches and mentors that I had. And one of the things they'd been telling me for years, but I didn't really listen was, you are doing all of this work. At that time, I was probably averaging at least 50 speaking engagements a year. I had income coming in. I was in high level mastermind. I was doing all the things. But they're like, you're doing this with the quarter of a brain you have left after having a real job working 40 hours was not, that was a light week. I never worked 40 hours a week. I worked a lot more than that. And you're doing all this. Imagine what you could do if this was your entire job. If you were your entire job, imagine what you can do. And then I also signed a book deal in... I feel like I get all the years mixed up now with COVID. Um, I feel like it was just like a vortex. Yeah, it's just time. like a blur. We're going on year year two, year three. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I signed a, a book deal the year before in April. Um, my book paint came out in, Janu- in June 2021. So I signed it in April of 2020. And also getting closer to that launch of the book, I realized that like I can't do both. Mm-hmm. I can't be out here being an author and doing the media and the press like there physically is not enough time in the day. Um, mm-hmm. So I surrounded myself with amazing mentors, teachers, coaches, coaches, sponsors to make sure that um, I had the support that was needed to ultimately bet on myself. But it's something that I continuously work on. I'm big on affirmations. I journal a lot. I go to therapy. I have lots of support to continuously remind myself that I'm doing what not only do I want to do, but what brings me joy, what is my passion, and I have an impact. And that's what keeps me waking up to do it every day. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I hear you say you journal, you give yourself affirmations. How important is that to really empower yourself? You know, I personally journal and it, it keeps me going, right? All the different thoughts that I have. And also when I not when I'm doubting myself, right? I have to go back to those journals and I have to go back to those affirmations. How has that made an impact on you? I had to do something that I could see and I can feel. And I think going back in my past journal entries and reading the progress that I've made, especially on days when I feel like I didn't make any progress. Today, Mm -hmm. I just went online recently to see if I could print out some journals I had online from years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the things that I was talking about, the things that I was dealing with, the things that I was hoping for, the goals I was setting. I was like, oh my gosh, girl, like you did these things. Some things I'm still working on, but mm-hmm. years ago I've done and checked off a lot of those things. You have to remind yourself who you are. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what I do through journaling and also through affirmations. Generally, I use an affirmation for the week, whether I'm pulling a card from someone's deck that I love, whether I'm writing my own based upon things that I'm dealing with. I put things on the mirror to remind myself. It's a constant reminder that, Um, you are worthy, you are here for your purpose, and you're able to do the things that you'd like to do. Or the way I say, you're able to manifest the life you desire. Mm -hmm. That And is that how the business derived, manifest yourself? A bit. So manifest yourself, when I started the website in, I think, 2013, January 2013, um, was when I think Mm -hmm. I bought the URL. The tagline was an overachiever learning it's okay to just achieve. So Mm -hmm. manifest yourself for me is always about about taking inspired action towards your goals. A lot of people think manifestation is like sitting under a tree and meditating and doing yoga. When people reach out to me and ask me to come to yoga retreats, I'm like, you've never even looked me up. 
Like, no, like you did not do your research. <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. I get those on a regular basis. But for me, Manifest Yourself is really about creating an actionable plan. Like once you have the idea, you have the intention. Manifestation is active. It is a verb to manifest. It is a verb. You have to be active in creating the plan, the strategy to reach your goal. And one of the biggest things you can manifest is yourself, creating the highest version of yourself that supports your goals and your vision. That is spot on. Cheers to that. I I love that. So I really want to get into the layout of you are doing so much, Kimberly, and I commend you on it. Um, And another thing that I realized that you do is coaching. So you do coaching and, and is it counseling as well or just executive coaching? So I do career coaching. So fun fact about me, um, I the majority of my career was in higher education serving as a career counselor. Um, so I have a master's of science in counseling. Um, I did the mental health and school counseling tracks, but where I found my groove was really in career counseling because when you spend 40 plus hours a week at work, more, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, if that piece of your life isn't where you want it to be, there's a lot of other ways that's going to dribble and you're most likely going to be dissatisfied. So that's the place where I really really honed in. The first time I saw someone get a job as a direct result of working with me in 2011, I was hooked. I was hooked and I have not stopped since. Have not stopped since. I absolutely love it. So I have group programs and I do a little, little bit of individual. Okay. I like that. So as you sort of migrated from education and the standard route, right, of getting your master's, going into uh, counseling, maybe, you know, working in your own practice, you did a, a total different, you know, route, which has been very fulfilling for you. Um, my question for you is I see a lot of people diving into coaching. Um, as an African-American woman, do you think that since we are nurturing women um, and we really want to serve and make sure people are set up for success, do you think that that's a good route for people looking to dive into a counseling career? But let's just say that they want to be in tech. They want to be in corporate. They want to do career development. Do you think that that's a route for uh, Black women to find success? So coaching and counseling, I think they're very different Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the first thing that I always like to note that it's very different experiences. Like if you were to go into a therapy session and then go into a coaching session, they should feel completely, utterly different. When we're talking about counseling, that's much more exploratory going through um, the root cause of some of the things that you may be going through and definitely tap more into the emotional. I used to make a joke earlier was that, yes, my master's is in counseling, but if you cry too hard, I'm going to refer you to a therapist because that's not what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm very solution focused. Like, what is the problem? How do we fix it? Let's create the plan and take the steps. That's what coaching really is. And I think there's there's different coaches in the workplace. I think there's lots of opportunity depending upon what you want to do. And with any career, depending upon your background, generally you can go into so many different industries. The way I used to explain it was at a career fair when I was a career counselor back in the day, they would have a company like Target come to the career fair for college students. And all the students would be like, I'm not working at Target. I don't need to wear a red shirt. Like I have how many hundreds of millions of thousands of dollars of student loans? Like I'm not wearing a red shirt. And I was like, pause, hold up. Do you realize that you can do a lot more than wear a red shirt and work in like the retail store? They had one of the best criminal justice programs ever. Like you can work in marketing. You could work in tech. You could do all of those things at Target outside of the hourly worker at the store. Now there's nothing wrong with that either. But if that's what you have your eye on, you can do those things at various companies. So I think if you're looking to be a coach, 
And we have to figure out where you fit. If you are someone who likes to help others develop their careers, that's generally learning and development or someplace in human resources. And you could do that at any company. That's spot on. I mean, that I love what you just said there, because what I see that you're doing is um, providing vision and opportunity for people to think outside of the box. You know, um, the world isn't just black and white and your career doesn't have to be black and white. You can develop it however you see fit and you'd be amazed of where your opportunities will present itself. Um, So my question for you is, what is the most rewarding thing in your job right now? Hmm. Seeing people take action and it working. That's the biggest thing. And people message me on Instagram all the time and tell me about the transformations they've had after reading my book or taking advice that I've given or a workshop or a training. Seeing people put the tangible tools in action is what makes me so happy. I think one that I remember, um, I don't remember the person's name, but they messaged me and they said, hey, like I read your book and it made me realize I was in complete, utter disalignment with anything that I loved. And I love that you said, like, I know you don't recommend this, but I quit my job and I had nothing. And I was like, (laughs) I was so nervous. Like, please say this girl did not quit her job after reading my book. And now she's unemployed, but she had time, she had savings. And she took, she took a step back to really understand what she wanted, what she loved, what inspired her. And then she went and doubled her salary in another company like following the method in the book to understand what she wanted and going through the process. I think hearing that makes me so, 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 so proud, so excited that there's advice, there's something that I put out into the world that can inspire people to take action and they can get the results they're looking for. I mean, I love that. And that brings me to, because I'm reading your book right now. I love it. (laughs) I mean, it is inspiring. For those of you who need some inspiration, I would say pour a glass of wine after work and read a chapter at night. That has been my goal. Um, So I want to get into this right here because it's, it's, it's the Bible right now for me. And the reason why I say it's the Bible is because you are dropping step-by-step knowledge as to before you just up and quit your job or before you just take this leap without being certain, you're really, this this book is a blueprint for you and you can customize it however your heart desires. Um, And so I want to talk to you a little bit about what is the origin of your book? How did this come to life? So... The surface level origin is that because I do so much speaking, so much traveling, working with individuals, working with groups, I wanted to create something that was accessible. Not everyone can afford a career coach, whether it's a group environment or one-on-one. And whenever I'm speaking that I only have an hour with you, 45 minutes most of the time, and then I do Q&A for an hour and can't answer every question. And people kept on asking, well, where can I buy your book? And I was like, well... So I don't really have one of those per se, (laughs) but like follow me on Instagram, like, or follow me on LinkedIn, not the same as a book, not the same. Um, So I heard for literally years that I needed to have a book, needed to have a book. But I think one of the deeper reasons, especially as I started writing it and telling more of my story is that I didn't have that. I didn't have it. I did not make any really well thought out decisions in the beginning of my career that were not solely based upon money. I'm from Mm -hmm. a very small town in Connecticut. And my motivation for a very long time was to not move back. Mm -hmm. That was it. How can I stay? I lived in New York. Um, I went to school at Long Island University for grad and undergrad. And I just did not want to go back to my small town in Connecticut. That was it. So I made decisions Mm -hmm. based upon money and money does not always give you happiness. 
it can pay your bills. Mm-hmm. It can allow you to stay where you are, but I didn't have any fulfillment in my career. So all of the things that I learned the hard way, taking pay cuts and navigating different areas, I wanted to help someone navigate. And originally when I wrote this book, I was really thinking about the mid-career professional, that moment when you're sitting there looking up at the ceiling, like, why am I here? I wish someone would have the nerve to ping me, slack me, notification, email, anything. One more time, I'm going to lose it. Because there's that time when you've been making moves, but they haven't really been aligned to who you are for a long time where you're going to feel stuck and you're not going to know what to do. And you're going to continue to repeat that, thinking that the grass is going to be greener at the next job because the money may be better or it's a different boss, but you end up doing the same thing, recycling jobs like old romantic partners. And I wanted to help the person who would break out of that cycle. On the other end of that, I think it's perfect for the college student because if you can read it and not do all the stuff us mid-career professionals have done, perfect. But I think one of the things that is most surprising is that I've gotten some great success stories from executives as well who kind of been heads down in the work, but not thinking about themselves, not thinking about how to strategically do some things like relationship building or really advocating for themselves. They've kind of powered through, but now they want to make sure everything else is in alignment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that is, man, that's just, it's just so, you know, when you don't have something like this, you're just trying to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually the whole purpose of the podcast is learning from some of the mistakes that I've made or some of the things that I wish I knew five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and the thing is, I really believe you can't be what you can't see. And if you don't have a mentor challenging you to push beyond, will you actually reach the next level? You know, and um, and I think that for minorities in particular, and I'd love your feedback on this, I think that minorities and specifically women, we doubt ourselves too much, right? Like we'll have an idea. Um, I looked at some of the research and they say that a man will apply for a job even if he just has like two of the qualifications in the description. A woman won't pl- apply for the job unless they hit every single thing and say that they are, they're perfect for the job. And I want that to change, right? Because I think that it's holding us back. Um, so I just want to talk to you. What are your thoughts about that? You know, when, when you think about women and you think about the empowerment side of it, how, how do you get to a level of being content within yourself and persevering? So I think it comes from really understanding who you are, like assessing your skill set and standing, standing on your accomplishment, standing on your success. There's another study on Harvard Business Review that talks about how not only are we not applying to jobs as women, that's across the board, whether they're people of color or not. But also when we're rating our own work, we rate it significantly lower. So it's a lot of it comes from really understanding what is your contribution into the world of work. When I talk about salary negotiation, that's what I really drill home is that you are not bragging. You are not being you're not being boastful. You are simply talking about the results and the impact that you have been able to drive home during the time that you've lended your skills to the company that you're currently working at. And when we think about confidence in the workplace, I like to connect confidence to results. And if you mm-hmm. feel like you have not had a lot of a, a lot of results, then it's time to go get some. It's time Mm -hmm, to create mm -hmm. that plan to help get you promoted, get the results you want to align to a mentor, align to a sponsor, and really create an actionable plan to make the move that you'd like to make in your career. But so much of it starts with confidence. And for me, I, I shared earlier that confidence is something that I've always kind of struggled with a bit. But one thing about me is that I knew I could drive results. 
Mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. I could accomplish what it was that I wanted to accomplish. And it's not that we need to only stand on the backs of our accomplishments, but in the world mm-hmm. of work, that's why they have KPIs, right? That's why they have performance <laughs> reviews. That's why they have rating scales. Um, it makes it a bit more unbiased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I love it. And being able to measure, you know, uh, numbers don't lie is what I always say. Um, and I think that that plays into a lot of things in business in general, if you want to be successful. Um, and I think it gives you the confidence too. like when you can prove your worth and actually have data points as to what you're doing on a regular basis. That's when the confidence comes in, at least for me personally. I know mm-hmm. that as you're engaging and meeting so many different people, what I've realized is as women, we don't celebrate. You know, like we get one accomplishment and then we're just on to the whole the, the whole next chapter. And it's like, well, don't you want to have some champagne? Like, how about we just celebrate this little moment first? Um, and I think that that's something that we have to work on. Right. Like if you're if yes. you're going to be, you know, I think just content within yourself at some point, you're going to have to celebrate where you are so you can continue to persevere. hundred um, percent. I think it's also just kind of leaning into that self-care piece too, right? Mm-hmm. I think celebrating is allowing yourself the moment to just kind of sit back and be like, wow, like, you know, I did the dang thing. Mm-hmm. Like I worked so hard to get here. Allow yourself to reset, recalibrate and make sure that as you go for the next goal, because I know there probably is one that you're heading in the direction that you'd like to. And you're not just waking up at the end of the day and be like, oh my gosh, like i I don't even know how I got here. Like what, what happened? Mm-hmm. This isn't even what I really want. It, mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you celebrate, you take time to reflect before you catapult yourself forward. Because I think a lot of times for high achieving professionals, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. your audience like mine, people don't listen to stuff about career development and leadership unless they're high achieving professionals because they listen to something else more fun. <laughs> and I'm putting that in air quotes if you can't see me. Um, we can just drive drive, drive, drive. You have to be able to pause sometimes to make sure you're driving in the right direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, that actually, you, you, you touched on something where you said you have to practice self-care. Um, that brings me to a question. As I've been interviewing different women, I always ask, what's the gaps that you see? Um, just in general, it could be in business, it can be in the tech industry, it could just be in your life. What have you seen as a gap that you had to change, right? Like if you were going to get to the point that you are right now, what were some of the gaps, maybe even within yourself or just within the industry that you were in that you actually sat down and said, well, this is a problem. What am I going to do about it? What are some of the gaps that you currently see? Um, so I can give two, I'll say in business and in, and really in business, a bit in my career, I think there's a notion that you have to build your career the same way that someone else has to. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's the only way you think that looking at someone else's blueprint, all you have to do is duplicate it and do the same thing. But in reality, you have to create the career, the business that you want to create. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it the same way someone else has. Even in being a full-time entrepreneur now for what is it, six, seven months now, um, mm-hmm. I woke up like four months in like, I don't think I like my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I like this. <laughs> And why did I not like it? Because I was doing what I thought all the coaches, everybody online was doing, like, I should be doing it just like that. And that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm like, I can create exactly what I'd like to create. Even when you're in a more structured nine to five setting, how do you want to go about it? How, what is your spin that you want to put on it? It's really mm-hmm. important to figure that out. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about Yes, there's a strategy. Yes, there's actions. There's things you need to do. There's relationships you need to build. But what is like your stamp? How are Mm -hmm. you making whatever your next move is your own? 
mm-hmm. whether you're in business or nine to five. And I think on the personal side, one of the biggest things I learned in therapy, like we all talk to ourselves, right? All day long, like we're the person mm-hmm. we have the biggest conversation with. My therapist always asked me like, who told you that's true? Mm-hmm. And understanding the difference between like, is this thought really mine? Or is it something that I've learned, whether it's from mm-hmm. a parent or a friend or a book, like what am I imposing on myself that may not actually be how I really feel? Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. for example, for me, I'm very accomplishment driven. Um, and that's from like being a kid. My parents had mm-hmm. me in everything. I am very accomplishment driven. My dad was like, be the best. Like, and you've read the book. So you can see that he always talks about excellent, be excellent. And I've learned sometimes, you know what it does. I don't always have to go so far. Mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. to also prioritize self-care and take care of myself because mm-hmm. sometimes when I hear that, like number one, number one, number one, it's like, no, sometimes like this number two is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm good. Like there's no grade in the world of work. Mm-hmm, there's seasons mm-hmm. for everything. There's push seasons. There's pullback and self-care seasons. Self-care seasons. I like that. Um, that's a good one, actually. That, that's a whole layout. Um, figuring out what's your season, right? Um, I've always, recently I've been told, it's like, I've been told by a friend, they were like, Kleena, it's your season. Enjoy it. But, you know, you never really think about that because seasons don't last forever, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and that, that goes for a good season, a bad season, exactly. a just, you know, a season where you're just like, oh, I'm in this rut. But the thing is, I've also been trying to practice, enjoy the present, enjoy where you are, because there's going to be a moment sometimes where you're like, I really wish I could have appreciated that moment a little bit more. Um, So so I I hear you on that one. Well, as we dive a little bit deeper, I want to talk to you a little bit about what is your thoughts on the importance of having a network as you have sculpted your podcast, your website, your book, and, and really full, uh, laid out your business? How important do you think networking is? Um, and what's your take on if someone is an introvert, right? Or if someone is an extrovert, like what are the routes to make genuine connections? A network is everything. There's a chapter in my book called Relationships Are Everything. I'd Mm -hmm. I'd say if networking makes you nervous, take out the word networking, just call it relationship building. Mm -hmm. And you build it how you see fit. I have friends Mm -hmm. who love to be the life of the party. They want to be at the biggest parties, the biggest conferences, and they can work a room, be the center of attention, be super extroverted. There are other people who would go into them like, oh my gosh, like, no, no, no. How many ways can I say no? That is not I. I'm as funny as it is, I'm really an introvert. I can flex my E to do the work that I do. But if I am at those big things or if I have multiple speaking engagements in a day, like I'm doing this podcast with you now, I have another event right after this. I'm probably not going to be able to speak much after that. I want a cup of tea and to lay back and relax. Um, The framework that I give people when they're thinking about building relationships is understanding what type of relationships they need Mm -hmm. and what do they need those relationships to solve. So quickly, Mm -hmm. I break it down that everybody needs peers. They need people internal and external to their work that they do every single day. Who's doing the work that you're doing and it can help you move the needle, help you talk shop, help you benchmark. You need coaches, sometimes I call them teachers too. And those are people who can literally teach you how to do something. Like Mm -hmm. if I was starting my podcast and I did not know what to do, I could call you and be like, Hey, how do you, what mic do you use? Like, what is Squadcast? Like, are you using Zoom? Are you using Squadcast? Using Skype? Like what's going, how do you do it? You could teach me how to do it. You need Mm -hmm. mentors. Those are folks who've been there, done that. Literally they've been 
in the exact shoes you're in at some point and can help you navigate that. That's much more, I think about those as feedback, lots of advice happening. And the magic, the money makers that I love people talk about now are the sponsors. And those are people who can lift you up from where you are and bring you to where you rightfully belong. And they have mm-hmm. influence and power. Some people can serve different capacities. You could have a sponsor who's also a mentor or a mentor and a coach. But it's important to know what do you need? And do you have those people in your network. And if you don't start to slowly, but surely build them. I'm big on professional associations, um, in person or virtual. I love going to events and meeting people, or I'm that person on a virtual event where I will always raise my hand to ask the question and follow up and ask for 15 minutes to have coffee after. But the thing is continuously following up, continuously building that relationship. That's where people, whether you're introverted or extroverted, always mess up just because Mm -hmm. you went, met someone one time does not mean you have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. People want That's to true. meet someone and then make an ask. That's not how it goes. You mm-hmm. meet someone and you get to know them and you get to know them. It's like that age old thing going on a date and saying like, well, do you want to get married to me? It's like, why would you say that on the first date? It's like, well, what do you think? <laughs> like, you think it could actually work? We've been together for 15 minutes. How could you even, don't even say the word marriage. Like, don't even spell it. <laughs> like the same thing with the relationship. We want to meet someone one time and have them give us a glowing referral to a job or mm-hmm. a business connect. It's the Mm -hmm. same exact thing. You need to put time and effort. Now, every relationship moves differently. Some people say, some of my mentors have said, like, don't even ask me something unless I've known you for a year. Mm -hmm. Other people could have a glowing conversation. You get to know each other much faster. The relationship is expedited and you're able to do things faster. But Mm -hmm. you'll know, like, you can feel it. I think it's important Mm -hmm. just to get out there. I'd like to use professional associations and find time to have those individual conversations so you can Mm -hmm. dig a little bit deeper so you can really add those people to your network and continuously follow up. I really don't care about the amount of people in your network. All I care is that they are high quality and Mm -hmm. you're able to activate those relationships when needed. And for me, relationships have made me so much money. They've Mm -hmm. gotten me into a whole bunch of different jobs They've been here when I needed feedback, whether it is personal or professional. Some of the Mm -hmm. best relationships are business related and also personal. I have a mentor who I talked to just uh, two weeks ago. I'm going through some things in my personal life and she could sense from how I responded. She's like, something's up. And she happens to live Mm -hmm. close and she's like, let's grab coffee. You free in an hour? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And when I tell Mm -hmm. you the advice, I never would have shared any of these personal things to my mentor who I've known for probably two and a half, three years Mm -hmm. ever. But she knows me. We had built a rapport. And the information that she gave me was so helpful. Mm -hmm. So helpful. The relationship got even stronger because now she knows even more personal details in addition to the professional details. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is, I love all of that. And, you know, it's something so small, right? You have to be patient too, is what I hear. Um, You can't just dive into saying, I want that to be my best friend or I want that to be my mentor. It has to be genuinely or inorganically developed. But what I hear from you is you do have to put the effort in too. You can't just say, here's my business card or, hey, we connected on LinkedIn. Let me just send you a paragraph of what I need from you literally a day later. Um, exactly. <laughs> those are fun. I personally don't like those. <laughs> those me neither. Ones me. <laughs> and I think it's also the quality. Like I always tell people, like if they were to meet you today and want a job where you're working, mm-hmm. you'd give them a disclaimer. You'd like, you'd send it to the recruiter and be like, Hey, so I just met Kimberly today. She seemed okay. However, I do not know her at all. Here's her resume. Please vet her appropriately. 
That's mm-hmm. what you'd say. Nobody wants that referral with a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Like they could be good, but if they're not, don't say nothing to me. Mm-hmm. You want the mm-hmm. referral that's like, oh my gosh, I've been speaking with her for six months. I know she's worked on this project and this project. She'd be a perfect person on the team. Definitely have a conversation with her. I know that she'd be a great addition. If not this role, then she'd be great here. You want that mm-hmm. advocacy to happen. And that only happens when you know someone. And I think people, they focus on just getting that introduction because they think that's enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be, but imagine how much better it will be It'll when be. you have an introduction and advocacy. That's true. And when it's natural too, you know, sometimes yes. I, I realize you don't have to ask when it's natural. Sometimes people reach out to you and they, they highlight, like I've been pushing so many positive directions where I generally just thought we were friends and I have friends saying, no, Kalina, do this. I've already, I've already said this for you. Or I already set this meeting up. I just need you to make it. And before you know it, like it's blessings, right? I've never, I never imagined that it would happen that way because I'm always about making organic relationships. I want it to last. Um, So I think that that is, I just commend you on that. It's something that is so small and it's also something that's not taught. That's why I think that people should get the book because you can be an engineer expert. You can have an MBA, you can have a PhD, but if you don't know how to network, sometimes it's not about passing a test, you know, and it's sometimes it's not about being able to solve all the best math problems. It's about how do you show up in a room and how do you make people feel when you leave? Um, So I definitely commend you on that. And so before we close out, I definitely want to ask you, as we are navigating, I've been asking all of my guest speakers, there's a manual that I'm designing, and I want it to highlight finding success and navigating the world, especially for women of color that are striving to be in business and to be their best. But the thing is, like I said, it's not written down. You know, like you don't know step by step what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to talk to someone, how you're supposed to apply to certain things. My question for you is what advice would you give to the women out there that are looking to strive to have a piece of what you have to just feel fulfilled in what they do every day? What's the advice that you would give them? That is a huge question. Um, Let me think. Well, I think number one, sit down and spend some time in doing a lot of just self-assessment and self-discovery. What do you really, if you were, didn't get paid another dime for the rest of your life, what would you do? Mm-hmm. If money didn't matter, what is the thing that you would do? What is it that you would work on? What brings you joy? Kind of one of the kind of frameworks that I share with folks is that in every role that you have in your career, or in your business, you operate in a box. And for some people, that box looks like a beat up Amazon box where you don't even know if your packages are still in it. Like whatever you bought is in the box because that's how bad the box looks. Other people may have these beautiful plexiglass boxes. It's all furnished out and decked out inside. They're living in there. Don't even know they're in a box. They're just so happy, like a genie in a bottle, right? Like, but what happens is that regardless, it's still a box. We learn to operate, especially when it comes to the world of work in that box. And in order to really take it to the next level to make that next move. You have to blow that box up and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And you could be out, just out open. You're not covered. You're unprotected, but you have to blow it up in order to find something new, to find something different, to find something better. Part of it is having the courage to try and kind of take yourself into a new area. And part of it is also understanding what your skills are and how that could be applied in a different arena and Mm -hmm. knowing when you've outgrown that box and it's time to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first thing that I would say, not being afraid to blow up your box to create a bigger Mm -hmm. and better one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd also just say double down on relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that so many 
opportunities that I've received have come through having great relationships and just putting time in, just putting Mm -hmm. time without Mm -hmm. an ask. I go to so many different events pre-pandemic. I still go to a lot of virtual stuff, but just to meet people, I've paid to be in rooms. I'm not saying everybody needs to spend a whole bunch of money, but if I Mm -hmm. know there is someone who I want to build a relationship with is in a room, you best believe in paying for a ticket. I don't care. And I've paid everything from a free event, $25 to like $5,000, honestly, to be at a retreat or a conference because Mm -hmm. I knew that was where I needed to be. I Mm -hmm. would push to get professional development budgets to be at conferences. And sometimes if they wouldn't give me the budget, I'd pay out of pocket. If the Mm -hmm. company gave me the time, I think don't be afraid to go that extra mile to Mm -hmm. get the experiences that you need or meet the people who you need to meet and build genuine relationships. I think those are two things that people don't uh, talk enough about when you're looking to achieve whatever level of success it is. Mm -hmm. That is, oof, I loved all of that. Thank you, Kimberly. Well, before I let you go, how can people find you? How can they buy your book? How, if they need coaching, how do they book you? How, if you're at the next event coming up, how do they find you? How do they connect with you? How do they know Kimberly? Okay. All the things. So you can get my book wherever books are sold. Walk into Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore. You can go anywhere or go to nextmovebestmovebook.com. There is an audible if you'd like it. Um, Go grab the book. I personally love it. Clearly you love it. It makes me very happy. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Or if you go to KimberlyBecomings.com, you can find everything there, whether you're looking for consulting for your organization, coaching, my group accelerator program. Um, And my favorite places to hang out, I'd say are LinkedIn. So Kimberly B. Cummings on LinkedIn, or you can find me on Instagram, Kim B. Cummings. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. And to my audience, as you know, before we close out, there is enough space for all of us. And at Unapologetic, we are giving space to women of color to have a moment to be unapologetically themselves and really lay out the blueprint for us all to be successful. If you like what you hear, please subscribe today. Thank you. Mm